from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up next, it's Hashtag Taiwan Highlights and in the Spotlight. But as always, we start today's broadcast with a brand new episode of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us right now on our Facebook live stream, it is now, let's see, Wednesday, March 24th. Otherwise, you're in luck. It's already Thursday, one day closer to the weekend. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Natalie Tso. Hello. And Shirley Lin. Hello. Up next, uh, a Taiwanese airline says farewell to the Queen of the Skies. Its last passenger 747 will be telling you about a very interesting, for the COVID times we live in, sightseeing tour that it, that it organized. Uh as a farewell. Then we'll be telling you why illegal weather forecasts are a thing in Taiwan that you can get in trouble for, and what the weather bureau here is doing about them. Also, the potential pitfalls of addressing strangers in Chinese. It can be a tangled web. You've got to be careful what you say. We'll be telling you what sorts of mistakes you can make with a real-life scenario in just a moment. Please stay tuned. First, though, I really want to update you guys on a story that we've been following continuously over the past week or so. I'm talking Salmon Gate. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, promotional event, for those who don't know, where a Japanese sushi chain encouraged people to change their name to Salmon, or incorporated in their name, for free sushi, but only for two days. <laughs> uh, the promotion is now over. Yeah. We told you a story of one person who realized that uh, they're stuck with the name Salmon Dream, which was they I chose because that. because in Taiwan you can only change your name three times, and I guess he either didn't know that. His or parents it, changed his name twice, twice. Before, when he was a kid, so he when, didn't before he okay. knew it. So uh, lots of interesting. Uh, <laughs> Anecdotes. I think it's now over because the promotion is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone's had their fill of free salmon. Uh, now it says that more than most of nearly the nearly 300 people who changed their name to include salmon to get this free or discounted sushi have changed their name back as of Friday. Uh, that in total, 298 people did it. Wow! And because we kept the numbers kept changing because that I is guess crazy. And yeah, just and, for some free sushi. And some people got creative. Actually, they didn't just change their name to literally salmon. They they made sentences with the word salmon, and that whole sentence became their name. Uh, <laughs> we've got two examples here. One of them, a student who changed his name to Joshir Un, which I guess is his original name, feels that salmon soup really tastes good. Also, um, he, she, oh, he the whole sentence is the now name, the name. And then a whole, oh, yeah. a whole sentence behind it. Another person, and we've also talked about changing names and the records for length in Taiwan. I think we have a new one. This one is 50 characters. It, they do not print out the whole name, but it apparently incorporates the word, the word salmon as well. So, 50 characters? So that's an extreme example. It, they, don't, they did not print the whole name. So it's he just, wanted to break the Guinness Book record, get free too. sushi, but break the record for <laughs> Taiwan's longest name. Longest yeah. name. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the one who changed his name to Joshua Enfield's Salmon Soup Tastes Really Good actually used his name change for a good cause. 
he received three free meals worth about 250 US dollars and donated 10,000 NT dollars of that amount to five social welfare groups. Oh, so, good for him. He says, he says that uh, changing his, seeing his name on the donation receipts made him feel good. I don't know if seeing that name would make me feel good, but that's <laughs> not too um, long. So 159 of these people have already reverted to their original names. Um, good for them. So, um, and this wasn't just people who na- changed their name to the literal word salmon. People who had characters in their names that sounded like either of the two syllables in the Chinese two-syllable word for salmon. That, you know, homophones. That counts? Homophones. That also, well, yeah. for less, for like yeah, a 50% a off. Oh. So a lot of, a, more than the, in total... Whether they went all the way in or just changed one character, you can do yu because that's kind of common. Or part of yeah, a character for a name. Well, there's fish. many different homonyms. Homonyms. So there right. could be yu yeah. is in plenty, which right, also sounds right. like the word for fish. Um, anyway, uh, the restaurant says that in total, whether they went took the plunge and named themselves salmon or just changed one character to kind of sound more like salmon, a thousand people took part. Oh, so wow. so the the three hundred or so people we're talking about actually named themselves salmon, but many more people took a more cautious approach and made a slight you know one character change. Now their I names. guess those set, oh, one thousand are not going to change a name back, right? Well, I don't know if this was <laughs> this um, is good for uh, the restaurant or not because it says that it absorbed about anywhere between five to six million NT dollars in costs. Because of all the free wow. stuff it had to give away. I mean, it got a um, lot of publicity, but I don't remember yeah. what the name of the restaurant is. Do you guys remember? Sushiro. 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 Um, and yeah. where is it's it? A, they're everywhere. They're so, yeah. They're, is it the one that's chain. Sushi Express? It's not no, Sushi no. Express. No, no, no. That's different. Yeah. Is it more um, expensive? It's a Sushi Go Round. Yeah, it's on a conveyor belt. It comes to you on a conveyor belt. But, um. Um, so I think that the government was a bit taken aback by this because who ex- that's a bizarre thing to do have a government official came out to like nag people you shouldn't yeah. like well you know, now they're going your name so so now a KMT lawmaker Li Douwei uh, has proposed that before making a name change application before it takes effect and your name is legally changed there has there should be a buffer period of 2 weeks to a month so that people can think about it before going ahead and I that would agree, also, especially that would the also, guy who did it and didn't know it was his a, last, yeah, chance. last chance. Also, um, you know, it would it would sort of uh, put the kibosh on these sorts of crazy promotions. And also, he says that people should be prevented from changing their names again for three years. So that way, because we're wasting wow. a lot of administrative that's true. resources. Yeah, um, that's his proposal. Uh, the premier says they can think about it. Um, one interesting fact to close this all off, though... <laughs> According to the Minister of the Interior, even before this restaurant craze, sushi craze, was even a thing, even before anyone was going to give you a free lunch for changing your name to salmon, there were already 10 people in Taiwan named after salmon. Really? Really? One of the characters? Yes. Characters? Either, or both characters? Probably just Gui. Which is really? First, yeah. Gui. Oh, just I, I part thought, of it. What does Gui mean so without the fish? Name. Name. It is salmon. Really? <laughs> it's just salmon. I was thinking it's so impro- it's inappropriate bit, for a name. Yeah. You know? The that U part at the end just means fish. So it's salmon fish. A bit redundant, but, you know, yeah, Chinese has a lot of homophones. It helps us to... Having that extra fish on the end makes it clear what we're talking about. I wonder if there's another auspicious meaning to it besides salmon to I don't that know, character. But that closes out the salmon saga. So uh, I wonder if it's just a matter of time before the next restaurant craze. I wonder if we'll have any cop- copycat incidents. <laughs> You know, we used to have a, the weather as part of our news. Remember that when we used to do yes, that? Yes, that's right. Yes, I, mean, I did. 
I think that may not have been allowed. <laughs> I think that oh. may have been against uh, law. Why is that? Well, I mean, uh, we, we kind of did we get we it wrong or something? With no, no, other no, no, no. Radio stations accuracy do doesn't matter. You, oh. We are not authorized. Nobody in Taiwan except the Central Weather Bureau may do that. Uh, it says. The Bureau can provide meteorological data to government agencies, schools, and institutions for research and application purposes, but if you need to modify the information, you have to obtain approval. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is according to the Meteorological Act. So people have uh, bit complained about private individuals, even people with backgrounds who could maybe like, you know... Really talk really about, talk the about this accurate, you know, maybe it's not misleading, but who've done it without going through the proper channel, the Central Weather Bureau. The Bureau has received 266 complaints in the last five years about people illegally making weather forecasts and even predicting earthquakes. Um, <laughs> That's a little going too far. Yeah, um, it can cause panic, sure. And uh, uh, the one time that they did issue a fine, the only time that they uh, that this is, rule has been enforced was in 2018, around the time of the Hualien earthquake, when somebody said, uh, a, a general manager for a company called Weather Risk Explore uh, was warned for using a chart that uh, forecast extreme heavy rainfall. Um, but the only time... That was uh, there was actually a fine carried out rather than a warning was uh, like I said around the time of the Hualien earthquake, so uh, yeah the 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 founder of the Taiwan Quake Forecast Institute claimed that a bigger earthquake would follow and it never did of course uh-huh. uh, so he got fined so two hundred thousand NT dollars but most people uh, just get warned and take off whatever prediction they've made or retract it I guess. Um, so yeah, this rule's been in effect since 1984, and I have um, no idea. There's even news outlets can. Well, I don't. We did not use. I don't think the Central Weather Bureau for like the foreign the foreign cities. We didn't. So we're making a weather prediction without using what the Central Weather Bureau data. I don't think that's technically that's not allowed. They didn't have foreign data. Doesn't matter. That's what the rule says. So, for instance, uh, the Act prohibits people from saying, for example. Uh, and this is a quote, so we won't get in trouble. Uh, it says, a strong cold wave coming that would lower temperatures nationwide for 7 to 8 degrees Celsius are making similar claims. So even if you announce like a weather phenomenon, I guess that's not allowed. Oh. Well, anyway, I mean, we're not... We're not into that anyway. No, so. not anymore. <laughs> so, so that's just... That's, like that's fake, weird. Is that of fake news? Is that what it is? Or I don't know, but like, why... Would saying like what are they afraid of inaccuracy? I don't quite understand what the earthquake. I can understand that would maybe cause panic unnecessarily, and of course, in the one case that there was a fine issued, uh, the earthquake that was predicted did not come to pass. So, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, fake weather reports or uh-huh. unauthorized weather reports is a real uh, thing in Taiwan. Real thing. Well, talking about weather, I'm just thinking how actually in the last year or two, maybe, um, you know, I think that weather forecast hasn't been very accurate compared to years past. And I think we blame it on global warming, I guess, you know, because I was thinking like, gosh, you're not doing a good job forecasting the weather because I'm thinking like, oh, I look at the temperature. I want to know how I'm supposed to dress myself going out, you know, but it hasn't been accurate. And I think... Well, be careful, blame Shirley. The Central, the weather, Central Bureau. weather Bureau might come after you. No, I mean, I think they, I don't know, they'll be more careful now. And and I think that it has to do with, I mean, it's not only just Taiwan, I just, right? I just saw it's that. It's a global when, problem. I mean, all the weather's going wacko. I just worldwide. saw that when that's a strange rule to have on the books that nobody except the official weather bureau I, yeah. like can off-duty weather people get in trouble for being like oh yeah I think tomorrow is going to be such and such right and if there are experts you know I don't know 
got some listeners and viewers. Oh. Let's see what they are saying. Oh, yes, please. Uh, any, have they left any comments? I think Jen Delari was here, was here, and uh, she said that she went through a whole saga changing her name back in 1991. Really? So she thinks if it's like just as complicated, it can change your name in Taiwan. It's pretty simple to do. I have friends who've done it. Um, yeah. And it's not pricey, right? It's just a it's minimal terribly... fee or something like that. You just go to the uh, district office, right. I think, and just get well, done. And yeah. Well, while we check that, um, uh, do you know? Mm. Did you know? Did you guys hear about this sightseeing flight that actually flew over Japan? Uh, did any either of you no. hear about this? Oh, when was ah. it? It's so unusual because like COVID has stopped international travel, and uh, this was it looks like over the weekend on Saturday. China Airlines, Taiwan's flag carrier, uh, confusingly named flag carrier, uh, had a final commercial flight to celebrate the retirement of its Boeing 747-400 jumbo jets. Uh, and yeah, unlike most of the flights to nowhere that have become popular over the past year, where people just fly around in a circle, mm. uh, this one actually had something to see. They flew over Mount Fuji. They flew wow. over Japan. I mean, so they didn't land. There's they no, were passengers? Yes, 375 of them. And who are those 375 people? People How who bought you? farewell party tickets. Oh, I see. Uh, How the, much were they? It doesn't say. If I had known. <laughs> no. um, but they, didn't, they did not land in Japan. You they just turned around and came back. See the mountain see from the, the air. Yeah, yeah because, because we are not. Japan still has a That's pretty bad COVID situation. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you can see it and not see Tokyo from above and not get COVID. So. Well, I think it's worth it. I'm not into well, airplane rides, so I don't yeah. like being on a plane. Well, a lot of these people are like, you know how they have train enthusiasts? These people like different models and like to spot go airplane spotting. So yeah. these people are. It's a. It's a big. I mean, the seven forty seven is huge. So That's it's. It's true. kind of a. The end of, yeah, it's mm. kind of. The, so for them getting rid of them all is kind of the end of an era. Uh, um, and some people wanted to really be a yeah, part of the final. Sad, yeah, right? they did. They did. So it was five hours and forty minutes. And mm, that's not bad. Five hours. People got um, special gift bags and in-flight meals, mm. which I can't uh. imagine even on <laughs> being good. Even all the they same. They probably but. did a good. You know. They probably made the food really good this time since yeah, it's a farewell should. flight. It looks good in photos. It looks okay. go- it looks it looks much more gourmet than your standard. Well, good, good. Um, that's they, important. They planned to do it February sixth, but because of like mutations, and then we had that scare. I think all, here a domestic cluster that kind of freaked people out a bit. Mm. That may have had something to do with it as well. It's been it was postponed till this last weekend. So yeah, they're putting up uh, its remaining. 747 400s up for sale. Uh, but sale. would you have gone? Yeah, we have some comments here. Okay. Oh. So uh, Radha Krishna Pillai is saying hello from Kerala. Rasha Niz says hello. And then uh, how are you? And then Dabashish Gope says good afternoon. And Jendalari says she just faintly picked up the RTI Japanese service today, just a few minutes ago on 11745 kilohertz. Um, and let's see here. Debashis is asking, what is the significance of the name of Taiwan? Taiwan. Ooh. Wan means bay, right? Right. What mm-hmm. does Thai mean? It's a platform. Platform. platform I, it's a bay. It, I don't think the, char- the characters themselves are as important as like the sound. I mm-hmm. think it's... Taiwan, huh? Yeah. What does it mean? It's just an, a name for the island. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything in particular. We don't have a very good uh, answer for you there. Joshua Buendia from the Philippines says, Hello there. Good afternoon from the Philippines. I keep watching it and listening. Setyo uh, has uh, saying super. 
And he said, uh, the Basha says it's 37 degrees over there. Oh, wow. So nice pretty warm. warm It's not there. nearly that warm here. No, yeah. it's in the teens today. <laughs> When you address a stranger in Chinese, be careful what you call them. Yeah, it's only in Chinese, isn't it? I don't know about other languages, but oh, I yeah, guess... Oh, yeah, it's worse than some other languages. It's worse? Oh, really? Really? Like what? This is pretty... Um, oh, I want to well, get... Let's, let's talk... Let's get... Yeah, let's okay. go to Chinese first. This is yeah. pretty serious. So this uh, there's this food delivery guy, and he's in his 30s himself. But uh, from the look of the person who ordered the food, um, she, the woman, looked to him about in her 40s or 50s. So she he called her auntie. I think we need to explain not even this. a generation difference. It's like 10 years older. Right. It's, yeah. it's common in speak spoken Chinese to refer to people who you don't know as if they were your family members. Even it's people you do know. It's not common, though. Well, no. I get well, called, like, Swaiko. Swaiko means um, handsome guy. That's what the people handsome call Handsome older. Like, elder, older, elder, older, older people, older. Usually, usually women, sometimes call people around my age that if they're males. Um, and i.e., I.e., oh. uh, this auntie. Auntie. We don't... How often do we say auntie, though? I have people who I call auntie. Really? Who? I wonder who if call I ever call yeah. someone a stranger. Who do you call auntie? Call auntie? I'm My partner's mother. And That's different. That's a very close relationship. Right, but I mean, like she refers to herself as I.E. too. But when I first but that's met a her, close relationship. The, but, it's not like I'm, a stranger. Well, when I first met her and didn't know her at all, she's always already calling herself that's that. That's different though, mm. because you have a special and she relationship. And she You can call xiaojie. Xiaojie means miss. miss. You know, I would just but, prefer just in general, miss? just miss xiaojie for all ladies, and then xianshen, mister, for all guys. Right. Me too. Why can't people I just go with that? I thought that's what the deal was, and now sometimes um, people say, some of them call me jie like. No, not just one. A lot of like sales ladies call me Gigi, like bigger sister. I'm like, I'm not your sister. No, <laughs> but Taiwanese people just do. And that do I look that much older than you? I mean, are you so really trying to like using tell the, me how much older I look than you? My workout coach. Now it's obvious that both my husband John and I are older than him. So he calls my husband Gaga, Oga, and me Jie, which means older brother, older brother and, and older sister. sister. Right. And I feel fine with that. You know, actually, it makes me so, feel younger. It's not that unusual <laughs> really? for native. It, it really, you I know, it's just all like, these why different get terms. So personal and close, like for, I'm your sister. I don't know, but they think that you know, it's, once they got it makes to know you, more you, personable. Yeah, it's I guess something that I think native Chinese speakers just do without thinking about it. It's just uh, you guess the other person's age and use a term that might be the case if you actually were related to them. You know, based yeah. on where your age. I don't and theirs think it's to, endearing. I mean, I think if you're like close colleagues and she's your mentor or something yeah you call her jie because you have this special connection but right. anyone that you meet and that uh, she seems older than you you call do her it though jie. i think like, this is all you know i feel like opinion. a little yeah. bit like it's, it's too personal mm-hmm. now the thing is okay if you say you see a woman someone you don't know on the street and she's in her 60s or 70s or even 80s you're not going to call her xiao jie would you you can call you're her call tai tai, right i'll probably well, call her auntie or auntie there's no word for ma'am, right? In in no, Chinese. because you're not gonna go out and call her night night like grandmother, no, madam, right? Tai tai, tai tai. No, like I wouldn't call tai tai so because she might not. Be. Getting back to our story though, this this kind of confusion <laughs> so that we've talking about so can get you in trouble. So the woman who ordered the food, she got mad. She said, "What did you call me? What did you call me? Call, say that again. What did you call me?" Yeah, and then um, and it made the news. And then yeah, and then you know because. He, this guy, the food delivery guy, he she, he he thinks that the woman looks like she's in her forties. So and he's in his thirties. 
Yeah, he's in the thirties himself. Ten year difference. So then he, so <laughs> so then anyway, so then he changed to say Jiejie, and that older means sister. older sister. And she felt better. Said that's about right. You know, that's about it. You know, that kind of thing. Funny. It's funny. That's why and, those sales well, ladies call you Jiejie because sensitive about right. their age, right? So you should it, always like. Pretend like they look younger than they. <laughs> so anyway, she felt like they look younger than they do. So other social uh, media users, you know, they kind of commented on this that well, you don't understand women, and women do get in general. I wouldn't say you know us, but <laughs> I'm I'm okay. Um, I, I'm very sensitive about this, and that the fact that you should always like I guess he said 嘴巴不甜，难怪人家会生气 If you're not sweet. On your tongue, then it, then obviously people would get mad. So I think you should always call any address anybody like younger, then they'll feel better. Right. I think. Oh sure, probably. Sure. And so it says, no matter what age the woman is, you should never ever ever call a stranger. Uh, you know, auntie, sin- auntie, and also they say call 小姐 or 美女 which means beautiful, beautiful women. women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know <laughs> about that. That's a little bit overdoing well, But here's it, the thing. Like, even within the Chinese-speaking world, this can be controversial. I've heard that you should Maybe. never, ever, ever call a young woman in China xiaojie. That has very different because, connotations. Right, like a prostitute, right? Oh. In, Ch- in Taiwan, that See, doesn't... it depends on where you are. So that's true. You need to be... It's, it even depends on <laughs> They do Chinese say mainu a lot. I mean, for like the sales ladies. And they I figure, do. yeah, they're just trying to get they're your attention, yeah. make you happy. They want to sell their hey, stuff. Hey, beauty. Hey, beautiful. Right, to make you feel good. And we don't. That's better than, hey, auntie. <laughs> hey sister, hey sis. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so anyway, they um somebody else was saying that someone you know just have a little bit of acquaintance, you call them jie jie, but someone you don't know, you call them lao ban niang, which like, means like uh, boss. the boss's wife or boss. No, big boss. Uh, no, not lao ban niang, boss's <laughs> wife. Boss, like, like boss, female boss, female right? boss. Mm. Yeah, right. And female boss is not bad. So, I don't mind that. <laughs> so, um, people, uh, somebody else was saying "ayi" and "da which means big sister and auntie. An auntie. Um, usually, you, you, people don't oh, like that. But women like to be called "mei mei," or "xiao Now, I don't know about "mei mei." I've never heard that. No, that means younger sister, sister little he's sister. Unless like eighty or something. <laughs> that's that's well, a bit odd. That's, that's, what about you, John? What do you like to be called? I, yeah, I how about guys? Care. You don't care. You'd rather be called Shenzhen or Gaga, Swaiga. You a lot of like Swai shop, shop owners say like, handsome guy. Swaiga is usually what shop owners will say. Like, right, handsome man, handsome man, beautiful woman. Yeah, you can't go wrong with those two. I yeah. mean, no one's going to object. <laughs> don't think, call me beautiful. I think just stick with Mister and Madam. <laughs> there's no the such thing as Madam. Though. There's no such thing as Madam. That's the thing. Xiaojie only Miss. Isn't that funny? They should have a name. We should create a name for women. That's both full because of dignity for Mister. There's only one at any age. Yeah, there's only one. There's only Shenzhen. But for well, women or lady, there's we should so create a name. Really, why? Why Let's do women do have more? No, I, I don't think a, we have a really good name that can go on everybody. If you're single and like me, Shenzhen, you, you can go for everybody. <laughs> now, like, Xiaojie, it now, seems kind of like you're not married, Miss. Right? Now, if you're just only or, 18, do you want to be called Xiaojie? Well, I guess Xiaojie is okay. But Xiao if you Jie, say this girl is a little younger. Xiao is you like if you're not married. It's more for singles, if like, right? This is this, um, a high school girl, and she goes to the store and buys something. I think the better thing is just to say something like "excuse me" and to get their attention. Like, well, okay, Nasir has over. something to say <laughs> about this. He says, "Always talk politely to your elders and young ones. Mm. It's a basic principle." Well, mm-hmm. Chinese speakers have it easy. In Vietnamese, there's, a, there's no word for you. You have to refer to everyone as older brother, ooh, younger brother. That's what I heard. And I, I is usually the same. I heard the same thing in. Um, 
Korean and Japanese, right? Wow, that's mm, tougher. You no, have to there's, know there's, um, who's older oh, than you. That's the speech levels of politeness. Yes, in, but in, in Vietnamese, there's no word for you. You have to say older brother, uncle, grandfather. And you have to change your name usually. I is, is the corresponding term. That's very so, interesting. I don't know if you guys get anything out of this conversation if you're not a Chinese speaker. <laughs> I mean, what would you like to be called in English? Just you. Hey, you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Ma'am, Miss, Mrs. Miss. We need a Miss, right? We need a Miss. Les Miss. That's all the time we have for on today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Natalie So. Don't go anywhere just yet. Coming up next, it's hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. Bye. and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Every week in this show, we take a look at what internet users in Taiwan are talking about. We talk about social media trends or viral videos and the like. Now, I usually make it a point to make this show as lighthearted, interesting, amusing, and funny as possible. However, this week's topic is a little more serious. Last week, a Taiwanese media outlet uploaded footage of a black man being accosted by a Taiwanese man in a cafe. This was no run-of-the-mill argument as the Taiwanese man in question blatantly said he was discriminating against the black man because of his race. This is something that I do not tolerate very well, and I think it is a subject that is worth shining a light on. Furthermore, the actions of the Taiwanese man in the video are contradicted by a t-shirt that he's wearing. Anyway, we're going to delve into it in this week's Hashtag Taiwan. If the topic of racial discrimination makes you uncomfortable, then uh, your discretion is advised. We're going to focus on something a little more serious. There's no real easy way about it, so let's just jump right into it. Earlier this week, Taiwanese media company ET Today uploaded a video that's uncomfortable to say the least. In it, a Taiwanese man is seen verbally harassing a black man at a cafe. The Taiwanese man gets belligerent and says things like, Foreigners discriminate against Taiwanese people, so I'm going to discriminate against you, you black person. Here's the video clip. First of all, that is appalling, heinous, and inexcusable, and I think that you'll find a lot of the internet agrees with me. The black man in the video is Carol from St. Lucia. He works in Taiwan as a singer. Carol is known for being on the singing competition show Jungle Voice. According to the video, this is what happened. Carol was at a cafe in Taipei teaching some students. He got up to get some tissue and made eye contact with the Taiwanese man in question. After that, the man walked over to Carol and just looked at him and laughed. Carol was understandably uncomfortable and asked coffee shop employees to call the police. The coffee shop employee said that the man hadn't done anything to merit alerting the authorities. The Taiwanese man overheard Carol asking the coffee shop employees to call the police, and that's when he goes off. The man then tells Carol's friend who's shooting the video that if they upload the video in question, then he'll take them to court. 
Carol's agency said that he's said to have received such treatment and that he always thought that Taiwan was a harmonious place. Carol said that he hopes he can get the man to apologize for what he said. After the video spread online, internet users started pointing out something a little contradictory. They noticed that the Taiwanese man was wearing a Kevin Durant jersey. Kevin Durant, as in two-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, and two-time gold medal basketball Olympian for Team USA. Oh, and I should also add, proud black man from Washington, D.C. Kevin Durant has publicly spoken out against anti-black sentiment several times in the media. Now, I think it's fair to say that if you wear an athlete's jersey, then that means you have a certain degree of respect for that person. So it just seems contradictory that this Taiwanese man verbally assaulted a black man while wearing a black athlete's jersey. But freelance journalist Leslie V. Nguyen Oku points out, the fact that this man in Taiwan is sporting a Kevin Durant t-shirt during his racist rant reveals the contradiction that undergirds a lot of Asia, which is, we worship black culture, but we hate black people. I, for one, really wonder if the man in the video understands the irony of his actions. Nevertheless, Nguyen Oku points out that racist tirade is not random, but part of a systematic problem. It's not the first time and likely won't be the last. We have our work cut out for us. All of us do. And by all of us, she means me, you, her, and everybody else in this world. And that was Hashtag Taiwan for the week. Now, if I sounded fired up in that clip, it's probably because I was. I myself have no tolerance for racial discrimination. The world is going through a hard enough time as it is, and we don't need that kind of negativity making things worse. Anyway, do let me know your thoughts about Hashtag Taiwan this week or as a whole. And if you haven't already, do check out Taiwan Insider, which is the weekly news show that Hashtag Taiwan is part of. You can find us at facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider, which is just one word, no space. Or you can go to our YouTube channel at RTI English. That's it for this week. Until next week, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you again soon. This is Highlights, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. in the studio right now is Stash Butler. He's going to give us a report card on how Taiwan has fared with COVID-19 this past year. That's right. Uh, I'm the man with the numbers today. Uh, <laughs> so it's been about a year since Taiwan closed its borders to most international air traffic. Uh, and we've come a long way in that time. And I'm just going to be mm. like the Christmas Carol, uh, showing you the ghosts of Taiwan's past, present and future. Oh, excellent. Sounds good. Yes. So our first number from the past is 24. Now, when reports surfaced in Wuhan that there was this you know, strange virus going on on the 31st of December 2019, it was within 24 hours that the CDC in Taiwan instituted health checks on flights from Wuhan. Mm. Now, that kind of you know, rapid response was key to containing a pandemic in its early stages. Um, our next number is 99.5%. Now, in an interview in September 2020, uh, Taiwan's former vice president said that that was the number, 99.5%, was the percentage of 
quarantine citizens in Taiwan who obeyed the rules properly. That's wow. great. Yeah. 99.5%. We are so good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Such good citizens. They, they were the people that did quarantine. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel so good. <laughs> uh, exactly, yeah. And that brings us on to our next number, uh, which is 51 million. Even before the pandemic hit, uh, Taiwan or Taiwanese people were very used to wearing masks. A lot of people wore medical masks out of yeah. concerns for health and, and air pollution and other things. So it's hardly a surprise that we were very quick to scale up production and then even begin donating those masks to other countries. Yeah. So 51 million is the number of masks that Taiwan had committed to donate to uh, other countries by uh, June 2020. That's so that's so wonderful. That is. That's really I'm I'm quite proud of that actually. I am. I yeah. mean we were able to lend a helping hand. Yeah. We had such a surplus. Yeah. So we've looked at the past. Let's move on to the present. Yeah, right. So our first number from the present is 10. Now, Taiwan has had a total of 10 fatalities from COVID-19. Now, of course, that's a lot fewer than most other industrialized nations. Um, but you've got to remember that with each of these numbers, all these statistics, it's easy to forget that there are people behind them. Mm. And so each one is an individual tragedy. Yes. Next up is 990. That's the, the total of Taiwan's reported cases to date. Uh, and then finally, we come to just under 460,000. That is the total of tests that Taiwan has carried out so far. If you compare that to my home country of the UK, for example, um, we're carrying out currently three times as many every day. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Now today my guest is Claire Lee, and she's uh, the partnership manager at Xinzu Jieko um, Lioners. It's a basketball team, and um, basically Jieko, this how should I say it? This app, this company, is a is the title sponsor. Okay, I'm learning a lot from um, Claire. I guess I'm going to learn a lot more from her later on. But let's meet Claire first. Hi, Claire. Hi, Shirley. Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. Yes. And by the way, Claire used to work here at RTI uh, in the Chinese service. Um, And the thing is that she's left many years now. And um, I'm so glad that she got to visit and come back and be on my show instead. It's very nostalgic. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. Do you see any, like, big change? Actually, there's... Yeah? Um, Actually, I think the lobby and uh, the layout still the same, how I remembered it. Yeah. Lots of new facilities. Yes. Um, some new faces yeah, and yeah. still old faces as well. <laughs> so it's still very familiar. It's nice to be kind of home. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Now, actually, Claire is from Taiwan, although um, at the age of 10, you actually uh, immigrated to Vancouver, Canada with your family. And you were there for... How long were you there? Um, my family started in uh, 1997 when we landed in Calgary. Uh-huh. So this little cow town. And yeah. If people ever go, it's we're known for the stampede. Oh, yeah. the cows. Yeah, the cows. <laughs> um, and then um, I had um, I went to uh, post secondary in uh, UBC and in Vancouver. Uh-huh. So it's been I'd say 15 years. 15. You, you were there. 
I, I grew up in Canada. Yeah, in, in Canada for 15, 15 years. years. I see. And then, and then you moved back to Taiwan. Well, actually, no, you went from there to... Uh, wait, you went from there to... <laughs> I already forgot what you said. <laughs> I basically spent half of my childhood in Taiwan mm. and then the other half in Canada. Mm. Um, I finished um, university and decided to do like a three-week backpack trip in Europe. Wow. And, yeah, with two of my friends. Um, and then after that, my mom's like, you know, time to come home. Yeah. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I just packed up my bags and came home. Uh -huh. So I came back to Taiwan in 2010. Right. Yeah. I mean, your dad was here the whole time while yeah. you were studying, you know, in the States. And your mom accompanied mm. you and your younger sister. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very typical Taiwanese family. Yeah. You know, when, um, you know, the parents want their, put their children in you know, education abroad. Um, so, but then they don't want to, but then they want to keep their job or their company here in Taiwan. So then the mom and the dad go separate ways, you know, yeah. the dad stays here and then the mom, usually it's always the mom that goes with the kids to a totally new country and get, you know, get adjusted or get acquainted and then put the kids there for education. Yeah. Sometimes the kids end up growing up and just staying abroad. Right. Mm -hmm. But then others, you know, yeah, to come back with the parents. So I, I, I said, you know, Claire's a patriotic Taiwanese. <laughs> she came back. <laughs> well, it's actually a really interesting story because like my family have always asked me to come back to Taiwan during summertime when I was in school. Uh. Um, and also I like was really into Chinese drama while I was there. So uh. I never really felt disconnected. Uh, from Taiwan, uh -huh. um, and then having the chance to come back every summer to spend the holidays with my family and my grandma, um, it just kind of kept my a part of my roots in Taiwan, right. um, and I've always knew that I got to come back sometime, like, even if it's not for work, but, like, for a long time to stay. Um, so I think in the back of my mind, I've always had a subconscious plan to come back, Yeah. Um, so it's 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 um it's an interesting interesting journey so far. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Actually, the first time you you know um, came to RTI is because of a summer program which that's we right. have every summer. Yeah. Um, they call it a whole now. It's yeah. more migratory bird program. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I still remember it because like I came across this program when I was um, in university second year. Um, and the um, they were advertising this program on the internet. My friend introduced it to me, actually, and I thought, oh, okay. So it says that you get to spend the summer in Taiwan in an internship program, mm -hmm. and then you would have like a two, uh, one week orientation where they take you around Taiwan and right, quote unquote, play around <laughs> in Taiwan. Like it's like tour around Taiwan, let you know um, what's the history of Taiwan what's local about Taiwan and then you are able to choose different placements mm. that you want um, through in the list that they give you right. and RTI was just on top of my list yeah. so I thought okay this is an interesting field I've never really been on radio um, never really worked in radio I wondered what, what it is so that's kind of how I came so I spent a summer here mm. yeah right And even though you had a major in psychology, yes, that's <laughs> you right. were you were curious about you know broadcasting field. Yeah, yeah. Actually, a lot of people when they hear about oh you majored in psychology, you know the first thing they ask is like can you read my mind? I'm like no 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 that's not psychology that's telepathy. <laughs> 
So um, just to get that stereotype out there, it's not telepathy. Um, and also psychology, kind of looking back, I think I'm just curious about the human mind, yeah. how people think. And I've always really loved hearing stories about people mm-hmm. um, and gathering stories. So, But I didn't realize that about myself before uh-huh. I spent a summer internship in um, RTI. Yeah. Um, and because my first task in RTI was to actually develop a program to to really present for my mentor at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, okay, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, how long should the program be? They're like, yeah, it's, it's you free to, you. to choose. Uh-huh. Yeah, up to you. What is it going to be about? Up to you. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's that's a lot of space of freedom. Yeah. So... I think um, I chose something that I was really passionate about. I did um, like a feature on jazz music. Oh. Yeah. So Wait, I. That's a totally different thing now from psychology yeah. to broadcasting into jazz music. <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought, you know, I had this chance to just paint away. So yeah. I thought, okay, something that came to my mind. I love jazz. So I would love to take this time and put it into a project, like a collage of voices and history and stories about what I love about jazz. I mean, I'm no expert in jazz, but I just like listening to jazz. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, freedom, I'll do anything I want. So that's how I started. And I was like, oh, okay. I get to actually collect stories and how people look at jazz, what people think of jazz and how they played in the in the history of jazz, the types of genres that actually evolve through the, the times of um, jazz history. Mm. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. I'm sure. And you're talking about like jazz in Taiwan, jazz music in Taiwan or... All over. Oh, basically jazz in general. Oh, really? Yeah. So jazz in Taiwan, I had a bit of a small feature within that 45-minute program that I did for my first internship. Wow. Um, but That's it's actually long. really broad. Jazz yeah. is yeah. really broad. So I had to kind of kind of narrow it down a little bit. So it turned out to be a general in- introduction to jazz and different mm-hmm. genres and uh, snippets of um, how jazz is in Taiwan. Mm. So you got to interview some of the jazz musicians here in Taiwan? Um, Did you? No. No. Unfortunately not, because I was working with too much information. Mm. And I was like, okay, I don't even have time to interview (laughs) people. Um, But I think um, I had a chance to interview um, actually someone from the English program at the time. Um, And he actually did uh, a jazz program, Uh a jazz music program. And he's very well versed in jazz music. Um, you mean fr- my colleague? Yeah, or forgive ex-colleague? me. Forgive oh. me. I forgot his name, but I still remember how his voice is just. I was mesmerized by his voice. I'm like, how can he be so like, so yeah. calming, but uh-huh. also uh, so charismatic when he talk about jazz? Oh wow! Um, hmm. So he actually did a very very nice overview hmm. of jazz and how jazz festivals in Taiwan had evolved through time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think cool. he was the only interviewee uh-huh. on my show that Oh, time. wow. Yeah. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. Actually, your experience, you know, working as an intern here, a summer intern here, got you more interested in RTN. That's why you came back and worked full time for like two years. Yeah. 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 So that is cool. Anyway, so then after two years at RTI, see, you're always changing. <laughs> Enough of broadcasting. I want to try something else. 
Yeah, I think for me, it's like I'm always out、um, to look for more、um, in terms of how much more can I go. I had the opportunity to, to experiment how I can collect stories through voice,、uh-huh. through sound, and I thought, okay, if I can actually go out there、um, and do more about stories, what would it be? So my next journey after that was actually working at TEDx Taipei. Oh, okay.、Um, and I actually had no idea what that platform was、mm-hmm. at first. I was like, okay, what kind of idea is that? You have all kinds of stories on this platform.、Mm-hmm. Like even back then, I think it was two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. It was very still very new.、Mm-hmm. Um, and the the word platform was still very new. Nobody knew what platform was.、Uh-huh. So it was a really new concept for me. But all I knew was okay. So you have all these really interesting people, stories, all kind of mushed up in this platform.、Mm-hmm. So、um, I decided to okay, this would be my next journey where I want to ex- see more and I wanted to meet more people and then do something about it.、Mm. Um, so that was my next journey. I spent four five years there. Yeah, yeah. You know, one amazing thing is that all these people to get on the stage and speak at TEDx, they don't make any mistakes. You know, my my impression is that they don't stutter at all. You know, they share so much information on, and it, you're just you're just glued to their story,、mm-hmm. right? Do they, you know, in preparation for going on stage, they really go through a lot of practice so that they don't stutter and make mistakes? That would be so scary for me. Actually, they do make mistakes, but they don't seem like they're making mistakes. <laughs> so one of the perks for me joining the team at the time was that I actually got to see how they do everything backstage,、mm. and、um, because like I. I had a background in in event planning when I was、oh, in school,、okay. so I joined a team doing events. Then later on, because I was so drawn to stories, and so、um, my boss then actually was so confident in me that he gave me、um, a role in working with speakers.、Mm-hmm. So one of my roles it was、um, I get to talk to speakers, I chat with them,、okay. and I I help them to pick out the、uh, main points. And the、oh. things that might light a light bulb, yeah,、um, that might be interesting, and then that can streamline through the whole talk in fifteen, eighteen minutes. Yeah, and then I work with them on. So here's a series of logics that you might have to go through,、um, and how do you capture the attention of people, and then having them make sense,、mm. um, and then the audience still won't be bored of、right. your talk. So I had the chance to work through. Um, the entire thought process with、wow. various speakers. Oh, that is so cool, huh? So it takes people like you backstage, you know, in order for them to put such an amazing presentation on stage. Wow! Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's it. not just me. Like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. it's the whole team. Oh wow, that is always so exciting. You've really tried a lot of different things. What happened after TEDx?、Um, after TEDx.、Um, I actually worked on several different projects, and it's all related to content and stories. And you one, mean for TEDx?、Uh, no, I、oh. had freelance a few projects outside.、Uh-huh. Yeah, because we had a little bit of、um, downtime during、mm-hmm. then、um, because events is a little bit seasonal、yeah. throughout the year.、Um, so I actually one of my projects that I worked on during then was、um, a media platform that talked about current politics. Oh. 
and um, you even touch on politics okay <laughs> I actually didn't know I was getting into that but <laughs> I guess you have to get your foot into it first uh-huh. um, but it was a really interesting um, platform that I worked on it was a media platform where they invite different people from culture from um, entertainment from even um, public policy uh-huh. um, just to talk about public issues in okay. Taiwan not in a very serious manner just okay. something to reach out to the young I'm thinking like Clearly's English is so good and how come she didn't think about working for the English service oh well Claire is definitely one of the few people I've interviewed who just can't stop at one thing. After a time, they have to change and do something else or move to a different country. If you can't wait to find out what Claire did next or what she's up to right now in her life, then you better tune in next week to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.